her friend. Hi, hi. It's been a minute. Yes. You know? It's been a minute. You look beautiful, by the way. Thank you, girl. Yeah. yeah you look like full of fun. You've been looking crusty out here, child. You look COVID times. Meanwhile, I'm over here looking like... <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that's how I'm trying to be. Okay. <laughs> as soon as it's all, I'm ripping these eyelashes off, and I'll be like, hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. New year, same us. No, more. we're still evolving and progressing. Amen. But we're still the same. We, we still do the same sheet. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. 2020 is, is done. It's it over. Is. Thank the Lord up above, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we are moving into 2021. This Come decade, on. washing our hands of the last decade, mm. over it. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> 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 we are moving the fuck on. Period. So thank y'all for those who have been rocking since 2019. Yeah. Um, rocking in 2020 and the new people that will be rocking in 2021 because oh. we're going to get bigger from here. Lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let me stop talking shit and let Judith take over for our usual would you yeah. let's, intro. Let's do it. So for those of you guys first joining us, if you again, just like Corey said, if you've already rocked with us, thank you for rocking with us. Yeah. And please continue to rock with us um continuously. Um and for the new folks, um, hey, we host this podcast and Basically, the mission of this podcast is to celebrate black and brown um, creatives, writers, particularly in the entertainment industry. We are two uh, creatives, particularly screenwriters, television screenwriters, who are trying to uh, break into the industry, get into the writer's room, get our things made. And just like the fellow community of writers, either here in LA or across these United States and the world, um, we want to help with giving references and, uh, excuse me, resources. Not so much references, girl. You don't want my reference. Um, but <laughs> resources, um, uplifting those who we feel like, you know, deserve their flowers. So yeah, here's the um, overall structure. First, we do a would you rather, break the ice. Then we do a no better, do better. And it's just basically any advice or uh, wisdom or whatever that we have found or have to share. And then we go into the new segment. We make sure we catch everybody up on what's happening in the industry. And um, as it relates to black and brown creatives, whether it's writers, directors, actors, whatever. Um, And then we go into the main segment. Main segment changes from episode to episode. Sometimes we have someone to interview. Sometimes we have a piece of um, um, resource that we want to share with you as it relates to writing. Sometimes we do a script read and sometimes we do a movie review. So we like to keep that sort of rotating. And then at the end, we have one of my favorite segments is Niggas You Should Know because it's a great title. Um, And also we just highlight um, black and brown people in the industry that we feel like you should know who has next, or maybe a lot of people don't know them, but they're making waves or maybe they, you know, whatever, like they've been in the game for a long time and nobody really gives them their due. So those are, um, that's our niggas you should know segment. So with that, let's get this party started. Would you rather? So since we're coming off the new year and everybody, you know, usually makes resolutions and there's nothing wrong with that. Set those goals, set those intentions, and if you fall off, it's okay. You can get back on. So, with this, would you rather? 
Uh, Corey, would you rather make resolutions for yourself or make resolutions for other people, but they get to make resolutions for you too? Oh, I'm doing it for myself, babe, because <laughs> anybody gonna make nothing for me. Mm-mm, I ain't gonna be telling Courtney McLeod what she gonna do. Trust man, one of you, yeah. I don't trust Nathan, okay? <laughs> so, y'all ain't gonna be telling me what I'm gonna do, so. Yeah, I'm making them for myself, and uh, I'm gonna stick to the most, too. Okay. Stick to the most. that's 2020, 2020, oh my God, 2021 energy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, not 2020. No. We are sticking to the resolution. Yes, we are doing what we got to do out here. So just, yeah, making them for myself. Yeah. What about you? No, I'm with you. I think I'm gonna make them for myself. But if I knew who they were, like, if it was, like, family who, who I know have my best interests, I know they would be like, ah, I have a good one for you. And mm-hmm. I would be held accountable because they would be like, I done told you this is a resolution. I'll be like, yes, okay, I want peace, no smoke with family. Yeah. So yeah, so I, th- yeah, I was like, no, not 2021, no fights. So, except for on TV. I do love a good TV. <laughs> but, however, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's better to like, and it, it, it does something in terms of like self-growth and self-reflection. Okay, where do mm-hmm. I need to improve? How do I want to get better? That's, you know, very helpful in terms of setting, you know, your goals and intentions and resolutions, whatever we want to call it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you don't have to just only set goals for the new year. You know, it's a good time to do that. Everybody's thinking that, but you know, you can, at any moment, <laughs> you can set an intention and a time and a goal. So, um, yeah. Let's agree. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, any moment you can do all the things yep. that you want. Period. And uh, um, wishing resolutions on all of you guys, and yeah. hoping that you guys manifest the life you want for twenty twenty one, child. Because we done been through the ringer. And uh, we're manifesting blessings all twenty twenty one. Please. Whew. So with that, <laughs> we get into our no better do. Better and my tip is something I literally I feel like I say this all the time make your own shit, okay? Because look, 2020 should showed y'all something and it should have showed y'all that y'all can't be dependent on nobody to do nothing for you. You gotta get out here and you gotta do that junk yourself. So um just with everything that's happening, especially being black creatives, you can't be waiting on people to be giving you a chance. You got to make your own chance. There's so many that we look up to that did that and they, they made them come to them. Like Issa Rae, she did her own shit on YouTube. She made HBO come to her and all these networks come to her. So that is the blueprint. I think everyone should be sticking to for 2021 make your own shit we live in an era now where it's super easy like you can literally just have an iphone and make some shit and people gonna watch like and blow up people gonna watch it so um just have fun with it and make your own stuff always be creating and don't wait on anybody to give you a chance i think we're past those days where you have to like get a job in a studio and he got to work your way up just to get in the writer's room. No. Um, let's look at Morgan Cooper. He made, I think, um, a dramatic reimagining of Fresh Prince. He made oh, his yes. trailer. 
Just and that came to him, child. Now he has his own show on Peacock that Will Smith himself, the Fresh Prince himself, is producing. Um, and he has his own writer's room on yeah. a network. So yeah. he did that by putting shit out there himself. So I know it's pretty scary to do that, but we got to try to get out of our comfort zone in 2021 and make our own shit. I'm telling you, they need us more than we need them. Okay, let me say that again. They need us. That's more than we need them so if we start thinking like that we will be unstoppable so black and brown creatives stop waiting on these these people give y'all a chance child just get out there make your own chance open your own doors make your own opportunities um and yeah these are gonna come i'm telling you if you work it, you put your shit out there you're doing what you need to do things will come so i challenge everyone to make your own shit in 2021 and stop waiting yeah. Just do it. Like Nike say, just do that shit. And I promise <laughs> you, I promise you, you will see returns on your own best. So that's my no better, do better of the year. Of yeah. the top of the year. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. And you're right. With all those examples, even I think about Ava DuVernay, like she just jumped in and was like, all right, like, let me make my own movie. Like, let me teach myself how to direct. Like, it wasn't like, you know, I went to Harvard, Yale, USC, all that. <laughs> She was like, all right, let's do it. You know, you have to be entrepreneurial with your stuff. And even, even people who work in the industry, when they start making their own stuff is usually when, you know, people start taking notice. So yeah, great, no better, do better. Uh, it's just an amen and an amen and an amen um, from over here. And hallelujah too. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to go into the news. Bear with me. I have so many tabs open, guys. So I'm going to be going back and forth. I know y'all know that life because that's the life we uh, I have, what, 57 open right now? <laughs> I'm surprised my computer didn't go, bitch, shut this shit down. <laughs> shut it down. I'm like, please don't do that. I need you. All right. So with our new segment, um, the first one is... Um, first of all, just for clarification for the audience, we get all of our news from Shadow and Act. If you don't know what it is, it is a news uh, publication that focuses on black and brown creatives um, in the industry. So it's a really good trade. Again, you know, stay up on the Hollywood Reporters, the varieties of it all, even LA Times Entertainment Weekly, but don't forget the black and brown um, entertainment um, trades because they are really good at making sure you know who's up and up, especially in the black and brown community. So exactly. first piece of news, uh, the undoing star, Noma Duzwani, I believe that's how you say her name, forgive me, um, added to the Little Mermaid live action cast in a brand new role. So yes, yeah, so if y'all have been following this, we were talking about the live action of oh, Little Mermaid. I'm thinking of during musical. Yeah, and the um, live action one cast includes um, uh, Haley uh, Bailey, the young lady from uh, Hallie and Chloe, right? Hallie, excuse me, forgive me. God, I'm so old today. Jesus, help me. Hallie um, Bailey as Ariel. Um, and there was a big uproar on the internet because, you know, creatures that don't exist cannot be played by Black people, apparently. But um, anyways, so you know, the cast. Um, so she's been added on, and um, this is fresh off of her critically acclaimed turned opposite 
uh, critically acclaimed role turned opposite of uh, Nicole Kidman in HBO's Undoing. Um, and this, this again is the um, Disney live action of The Little Mermaid. Um, no word as to who, which character she will be in. Um, and this, they um, cited deadline on Shadow and Act here. Um, but it will be a new character that they um, put in. And it's not original to the animated flick. So they just were like, we're going to make a new role for her. She's, we need her for now. Um, if you have not seen The Undoing, which is a miniseries on HBO Max, starring Nicole Kidman, again, uh, Noma, I would say, was the breakout role. She did fucking amazing. If you watch it, she plays a lawyer that helps to represent Nicole Kidman's character as well as uh, Hugh Grant's character. And every time she was on that scene, baby, I mean, she she stole it. Like I was literally like, "Yo, what is her um her um damn lawyer um, company like?" Because bitch, I need her to represent me all the time. And then I had to step back and be like, "This isn't real. This is she's acting, Judith." So yeah, if you haven't seen it. She, if you don't even like whatever, I love a white woman in distress. It is the great form of entertainment. And of course, an educated black woman in there, you know, pulling edges and scaring everyone out of their own wits because they got themselves in that situation. But again, go watch it. She was amazing. And I can see why they were like, oh no, move, let's make room here for her because God damn it, she was amazing. So yeah, check that out. Again, uh, Noma uh, Doom, Doom, Lord, forgive me, Dumezwani. Beautiful name. Uh, she will be in The Little Mermaid. She's dope as hell. Check out her shit. She's been out for a while. All right. In the next piece of news, this is for you uh, Marvel, DC superhero girls. But Luke Cage, uh, the star Mike Coulter, hasn't been in conversations with Marvel to reprise the role. So I watched Luke Cage. I am not deep into the comic books. I like it for entertainment. If it's on the TV, I'll give it a go. Um, but basically, you know, Luke Cage was on Netflix when it came out and it was a part of the whole Marvel Universe thing. And I think there was some dealings with uh disney now that or is it disney lord i'll double check that. yeah i think marvel is is paired with disney yes it is because yes disney plus so yes so now they're kind of taking that stuff and kind of reprising it or making new characters as roles or whatever uh soon i think uh disney will be launching wandavision will be uh upcoming january 5th but okay. yeah um but luke cage again um he hasn't heard anything like they said from um marvel uh universe i know a lot of the fans were trying to expect hopefully to see it maybe um back again and to have um mike play that role again i think he did a good job and probably um people you know really when you have someone play a role they're iconic in it and if you know if they reach iconic status let me not you know um but usually people get really really attached to those characters and the um the actor so um, Coulter sat down with uh, ComingSoon.net to discuss his latest film, uh, Fatal, and he uh, says he hasn't thought about the Marvel return given his busy schedule, but wouldn't be opposed to the uh, possibility of the approach. So they're just waiting to see, you know, if he's coming back with it. Um, again, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's like, I'm booked and busy, but hey, if y'all want to give me that check, I'll take it. So um, just to... Re uh, 
to recap, haha, Coulter portrayed um, Harlem's friendly neighborhood bulletproof hero um, on the on Netflix drama from 2016 to 2018 before it was canceled due to Marvel revamping their television operations. And of course the big Disney plus um, Disney merger as well. So there it is. Hopefully we'll get more news regarding the Luke Cage storyline. Um, if it'll be reprised again to have another TV role. And yeah, apparently people were asking about it. So they were hoping to see maybe, you know, they can bring it back, but we'll see, you know, there's a lot of properties over at Marvel and, uh, you know, hopefully they will prize this one. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. Next, um, for all of you here, um, there's an opportunity awaiting for all of us. So uh, the Black Entertainment Executives Pipeline is, is accepting applications. Here we go. Words. I know them. So talent agency diverse representation and color for, of change are partnering to open the Black Entertainment Executives Pipeline Program. The program's goal is to increase the number of Black television and film executives in Hollywood. So applications are open now, and I'm going to make sure that the link is in our description so you guys can see it. Um, the program is meant to pioneer a new way for Hollywood to locate and hire Black executives. The program will serve as a framework and roadmap to identify qualified candidates across the country and provide selected participants with the tools to build successful and thriving careers as executives in the industry. This is according to the announcement. Um, six candidates will be selected for the first cohort, which will include a tuition-free virtual program fo focused on individual mentorship, specialized cor coursework, production and development experience, and speaker series. So several Hollywood studio production companies and television networks are also participating in the cohort and um, providing candidates full exposure for prospective jobs. So I think this is dope. Um, they have a link here on Shadow and Act to Diverse Representation, which is the talent agency. Um, I can't express how huge this is um, because in Hollywood, it's good to see familiar faces and people who understand sort of the storytelling of black and brown people to be able to really, you know, green light projects through, quite frankly. Um, and it's key that we have um, black and brown representation in these gatekeeper roles. Um, yeah, so if you're interested, we'll have that link. We, everyone should apply. I think anyone and everyone, if you're black and in the entertainment industry should apply, period. So. Thanks. <laughs> that's that next um this is i love this show so much i've binge watched so much of it during the quarantine i would say it actually um saved my mental health but um rupaul's drag race season 13 premiere is the most watched episode in franchise history so this is of course comparing it to all the other premieres in the seasons this was the most watched and it's I mean, it's so, it's so good. They switched up the whole rules on the girls. I will give it away because I don't care. So um, basically the contestants come in, traditionally they come into the workroom and they basically introduce themselves. They do a walk, they, you know, show their, um, they give their names or whatever. So this time they only had people come in two at a time. And those girls had to go directly to the main stage and do a uh, lip sync off. So basically, each one battled each other in a lip sync competition, and uh, the girls got eliminated. They got the pork chop. But 
we have to see what it means next time. Because at the end, they revealed that the people who were eliminated, quote unquote, they have to choose someone to vote off. And that's something totally new from how it was structured before. Um, according to Deadline, uh, RuPaul Charles created the reality series, um, earned 1.3 million total views, capturing the 18 to 49 age primetime viewing brackets. Um, individually, VH1 had 525,000 view viewers, with the CW coming in second with 478,000 viewers. So yeah, and if you didn't know, um, the theme for this season is New Year, New Rue. It came out, it premiered on New Year's Day and is promising unexpected twists alongside a brand new runway and judging panel outfit for COVID-19 protocol. And when I tell you they were mm. the plastic boxes, baby, they were, <laughs> they were. <That's> hilarious. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, if you're looking for something to binge watch, I literally like went on Amazon, bought old season caught up i was late the rest of the girls had been on rupaul's drag race forgive me for being so late but yes jump in it's fun it's super i mean makeup tips for days i'm like i wish i wish mm, 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 mm. but yeah so check out rupaul's drag race it's clearly doing well it's been the largest viewed or most watched episode premiere um since its inception so congratulations to that whole team um next um locked down which is the trailer with anne hathaway and she she would tell edgier star in a rom-com heist film for the mm. era so now we're going to see a lot more of these movies and tv shows where we're going to see how they're being um produced now <laughs> in covid time and yeah. how they have to you know transition with that so hbo max has dropped the trailer for its original film lockdown which is from warner brothers pictures and agc studios the film stars anne hathaway and chiwetel ediafor it also features stephen merchant mindy kaling lucy boynton dule hill well, i like dule um Jasmine Simon with Ben Stiller and Ben Kinsley. Stephen Knight wrote this uh, screenplay and Doug Lehman is the director. So the description goes like this. In lockdown, just as they decided to separate, Linda, played by Anne Hathaway, and Paxton, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, find life as other plans, wait, find life has other plans, excuse me, when they are stuck at home in a mandatory lockdown. Surprise, surprise. Cohabitation is proving to be a challenge, but fueled by poetry and copious amounts of wine. Mm. I like it. That's, that's the wine. Yeah. Uh, it will bring them closer together in the most surprising way. So, okay. So, yeah. So, that's pretty much how everyone's been living. Um, you either get closer to somebody or you get divorced or you hate them forever. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that and, uh, it looks cute. It looks cute. So yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and last in our news, hold on, what's all these tabs, chat? Okay. Uh, Tiffany Haddish to start in a sci-fi pick, Landscape with Invisible Hand from Bad Educator Director. Mm. So that's right. Tiffany Haddish is entering the arena for sci-fi fiction. The Emmy and actress is in the final round of negotiations to star in the adaptation of M.T. Anderson's award-winning novel, Landscape with Invisible Hands, from MGM and Brad Pitt's Plan B. Wow. Known by many of her 
uh, excuse me, known by many for her co- comedy fare, the role would mark yeah. his first major role in a sci-fi film. Set in the near future, landscape with invisible hands dep- depicts Earth's takeover by an alien species known as the Vu. After the VU advanced technology leads to the collapse of the Earth's job market, nice and global economy, huh? I guess the VU must be uh, COVID, my niggas. But anyway, <laughs> a teenager and um, his girlfriend came up with a harebrained scheme to broadcast their romantic life to aliens. However, their scheme turns on its head when the teenage, teenage love slowly turns to hate. Thanks. Um, so yeah. Um, this is the um, sci-fi thing that she's going to be a part of. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, the adaptation, um, it's going to be written by uh, Corey Finley and um, directed, uh, who recently directed Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney in HBO's critically acclaimed Sundance hit, Bad Education. So he's getting mm-hmm. another chance since he had another hit. Um, again, this was first reported on Deadline and the reporter who did this article was Jordan Simon off of uh, Shadow and Act. So congrats to Tiffany Haddish. Usually when you see stars branching off into different genres, that means they are going to make sure oh, uh, their career has staying power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she has range. So hopefully it's a success for her. I'm looking forward to seeing her in a sci-fi flick and see, you know, how they do this. Yeah. And that is that. Nice. Hey, shout out to Tiffany. I mean, baby, you better get them sci-fi from the beach. It's so much money in sci-fi, guys. So let's make some black sci-fi stories. I mean, why not? People um, love a complicated storyline too, so that's it'd be right. Fun. Even if they don't understand, even if they own their phone the whole time, they love it. They still gonna be like, "Ooh, bitch, did you see the new episode?" And they yes. even watch it. <laughs> so look, we living in a day and age where people love the mess and they yes. love the interweavings and all that oh, good yeah. stuff. So get into the sci-fi, gals. I love to see mm-hmm. it. We need more of us in sci-fi. I don't know why there's not more of us in sci-fi now. I mean, I know why, <laughs> but um. I'm trying to be modest. <laughs> we can't but, be in space either, child. We can't yeah. be political creatures. We can't be in space. Like, uh. Let's get us in sci-fi. Yes. <laughs> um, so shout out to Judith for all those great news stories. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, we can move straight into the main segment. So the main segment we're talking about, we're going to be talking about spec scripts okay so there are two different types of spec scripts so there's a spec script in itself is something that is written on speculation which means that no one has paid you to do this you're doing this because you fucking want to so Mm -hmm. basically what a spec script is and um it's very hard to sell these but sometimes people do Mm -hmm. um and you're gonna have to write them unfortunately um until people start paying you for your scripts all your scripts gonna be spec scripts so just be aware of that um a lot of people use them because they're good for like getting representation or when you enter like these fellowships and stuff like the tv writing fellowships most of them ask for a spec script yeah um and it's just a good practice for you to show that hey i know how to write a script 
or I know how to look at a TV show and analyze it and write a script as if I'm a writer on that show, or I know how to come up with an idea and write a script about it. Um, Even if it's not TV or movies, it just shows that you know a ting or two. Yeah. But you can also write a script. You can also write a spec script (laughs) and it can be trash. Um, And it can show that you don't know how to write. So that is the the other side of the coin when it comes to writing spec scripts and i'm telling you these people read spec scripts all day every day the studios they read spec scripts all day every day so you just really have to stand out um and the way that you stand out is by having it be written well mm-hmm. um because most of the time they only read the first 10 pages and the first 10 pages is booty then bye-bye like they just gonna throw that shit with the rest in the trash and you don't want that shit to happen to yours so we're gonna be talking about the 38 most common spec script problems. And this is an article from the script, the script lab. And it's a pretty good article. So they analyzed 300 scripts. Um, so that was a sample size. They analyzed 300 screenplays. Whew, could be me, baby. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with that sample size, they were able to come up with some really cool infographics that kind of say, um you know the problems that they saw in most of these scripts so most of the time when you're getting your spec script like uh analyzed by somebody so you can pay uh services they're called like script coverage services to um basically give you critiques or show you how to improve your spec script they're going to give you recommend a consider or a pass Mm -hmm. and um yeah, it's very hard to get a recommend. Mm. Um, I feel like, yeah, 2.6% of these like screenwriting coverages give you a recommend, 29 give you a consider, 66% of the, so that's over half of them get a pass, mm. which means that, um, yeah, and they judge pretty harshly, um, but that's the way the industry judges. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get these coverages so that, so this is based off of like getting coverage. So it's good to get these coverages so that you can see if your spec script is up to par and all that good stuff. But if you don't want to get the coverage, cause it costs money, child. And yeah. I need it, okay? My ass would be like, mm, when, I had to, <laughs> when I had to pay. Um, if you don't want to get it, you know, hopefully you can look at this article and, you know, fix the mistakes yourself but it's always good to like have other eyes on your script so um let's get into it Mm -hmm. so it has 38 problems and we're going to go i'm just gonna skim through all of them shit we got the time today Mm -hmm. so let's start with the first one and i think it starts from the biggest problem which is number one to the smallest which is the last one Mm -hmm. so the biggest problem is that the story begins too late in the script Mm. so yeah i I totally get that so the script spins its wheels the narrative finally gains some tractions after the halfway point Mm -hmm. often it's not even clear what kind of story it is until the middle of the second act So I can see why that is a huge problem in the scripts. You got to get to the story immediately. I mean, we can't be playing games yeah. when it comes to your story. So I can see how that happens. Um, I've read a bunch of scripts and sometimes it's like you halfway through the damn thing. You're like, what is this about? Like, what, what's going on here? You're scratching your head, like rubbing your forehead. Like, what's, 
what's going on? So that is the number one mistake is that the story begins too late in the script. So my advice um, would be you got to start a bitch off immediately. So find a way to start that thing off. If you want, if you can start in the cold open in the teaser, I don't know if you're doing TV writing. I don't know. You got to start a thing off. Like do not, you cannot waste any page, any, any piece of the page cannot be wasted on foolishness. Yeah. So you have to start that story off immediately and not play games so that is why that's the number one common mistake in scripts apparently a lot of people do that mm -hmm. so the next one is the scenes are void of meaningful content mm. well Whew. so um if your scene is not moving your story along baby that thing gotta go okay <laughs> i know it's even if it's it's a scene that you think is so hilarious like if this is a spec script and you're trying to get like noticed you need to show these people that you actually know how to write so if you see other more established people putting in random scenes that's because they're established and they can do that shit. Yep. If you're trying to establish yourself then i'm gonna need you to i'm gonna need you to show that you know what you're doing first and foremost and someone who knows what they're doing first and foremost will not include random scenes that do not move the story or word okay they don't affect anything if they don't add anything i'm gonna need them to not be included so let's skim through scripts and kill your darlings okay even if you love the scene you gotta get rid of it if you're if you're reading the scene and you're like is this moving my plot along like is this showing something for one of my characters and if the answer is no then you gotta cut it out so you got put it and that's just that on that so that is the second mistake so another one is the script has a by the numbers execution a success of formula not of storytelling and they said screenplay mad lips so i used to play mad lips all the time. Ah. mad lips was lit so um that's funny um and this i can see how this can happen too a lot of people are so hell-bent on structure format and this that and the other and they're not really telling us the story and they're not really also inserting their voice right. into the script mm -hmm. so let's not do that let's you know i get it i mean it's so much that's the thing about screenwriting is so much formatting and and rules and stuff like that and while you do want to show that you know what you're doing you can still find a way to insert your voice in there and still be able to tell us the story without it being so formulated so the only the one thing example that i can think of is like rom-coms they're very formulaic yep. it's like this happens this happens this happens like every rom-com is the same it sticks to the same formula that works for rom-coms if you're writing rom-com that's gonna work for you but for a lot of other stuff like people don't really want to see all that formulaic stuff they like to see stuff that is innovative that's that's different um something that's a little bit you know not what they're used to so let's not do the by the numbers executing all the technical stuff like still insert who you are into your script because you got to have a voice as a writer the mm -hmm. so next one is the story is too thin 20 pages of story spread over 100 pages of script Woo. stuffed with tone but light on plot mm. well now that's that's the cardinal sin right there babe so you can't be, mm -mm, you got to have a story. And, and if you are like, if your story is not fleshed out, yeah, your character development is not fleshed out. If there's anything that's not fleshed out in the story, it will show. Like yeah. people will be able to tell that you're just dragging this along just so you can reach a page count. 
Yeah. Um, so definitely make sure that you know everything about your story, you know where it's going, you know everything about your characters because all is going to help you so that you're not trying to take one little piece of the story and spread it out yeah. over 100 pages just so you can like have a script. Um, so let's not do no thin paper thin stories, okay? We only do with thickums. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We only doing them them thickum stories in 2021. <laughs> That's full of stuff, but not too much stuff. Okay, we do the most meaningful thing. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So the next one is the villains are cartoonish. They're evil mm-hmm. for the sake of evil. I hate this. Hitmen, serial killers, gangsters. Ugh, I hate the word gangsters. Smarky, right. smirking villains with sinister, affected dialogue and pretentious monologues. Yep. The best villains are those who think they're the hero of their own story. Period. Period. The, and and a, two, a good, ooh, a good example of that is Black Panther. Like yes, I swear, Michael B. Jordan did such a great job as the villain and I don't know why the name is escaping me oh my god Killmonger come on Killmonger yes thank you but they and when you when you just said that when they think they're the hero that's exactly what he embodied I was almost in there like you know what he you know maybe we should just I'm sure he was saying it was right I was like damn kind of on his side <laughs> go ahead send the destructive uh you know uh weapons out to the universe and kill yeah, let's help black folks <laughs> I think we should <laughs> But yeah, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was just- No, no. I I totally agree. I'm glad you said that. I hear this a lot. Like a lot of people, we're we're used to seeing the villain. He's (laughs) doing the whole evil laugh and all that shit. And that's done. Like villains are people too. And even though someone is doing something that's not necessarily considered right, they think that they're doing it for a right reason. And that's what a villain is. There's somebody that's doing something that they think is right, but is considered wrong in society. That's all a villain is. A villain is a character too. They're just doing what they think is right. Um, So that's how you should think about your villains. Let's not make them lame. Let's not make them cardboard. They should should be layered as much as the next beach. So... Mm -hmm. Let's lay them hoes out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's give them a purpose, something, a motivation, something that they really truly believe in so we can see who they are. Because like I said, they are characters too. So I'm glad that this was brought up. Okay. Yeah. So the next one is the character logic is muddy. Often a lack of character consistency or a logically unsound plot. Every character action needs a reason. Why does he or she do this? The characters should write the story, not the other way down. Other way around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The whole story <laughs> is about the characters and what the characters are doing. It should not be the story is driving the characters. The characters are driving the story. So yeah, we have to know and all I mean, and this goes into doing your character work before you start writing, because you gotta know everything about the characters before you even start writing some stuff. Yeah. Um, but make sure that you're always giving your characters motivations, desires, secret desire, you know, just all the things so that we know who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. So yeah. this goes into character work, which is done before you even start writing. Yeah. Um, so the next one is a female part is underwritten. Come on. Okay. 
-hmm. So the risk is saying the hero barely mourns like the female's death before racing to the resolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically they're saying like less let's do more about our female characters like um they feel like the story is rushing too much and not really you know emphasizing our female characters and i agree with that yeah let's do it let's not skip on the gals okay Mm -hmm. the gals will go round (laughs) 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 so the next one is the narrative falls into a repetitive pattern yes (laughs) Yes, I can definitely see how this happens, especially if you're writing like a movie, which is yeah. hella long pages. Mm-hmm. And shout out to y'all who write movies, baby, because I can't do it. <laughs> um, but those who write movies, which is a hundred something pages, I can see how the narrative can get into a repetitive pattern. Or if you're writing, let's say you're writing like multiple TV scripts for like a season or something, and you're just trying to show that you can that you have more ideas for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not make everything the same like let's make sure that we're not keeping a straight arrow we're 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 rising to a climax and then we're rising to or we're going down to our resolution so Mm -hmm. um that goes into just knowing about plot which you should definitely know if you're trying to write some shit Mm -hmm. um yeah let's not keep a straight line let's let's take our our watchers and our readers on a journey because that's the whole point of writing a story and just even to add to what you're saying, I remember yeah. the first season of Atlanta, I think, did that very well. Like, they even had an episode where it looked like a cartoon. Well, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Had an episode where it, it, it simulated this round table and a, a paperboy went on there and they had different commercials. Yeah. And the whole episode looked like this TV show with commercials. And it pushed the whole yes. story forward, yes. but it was like so right. unexpected yeah. and fucking hilarious. So, yes. um, yeah, that show usually always takes a risk that I'm never expecting, and it doesn't have this repetitive, like, it has a tone, but it's not the same type of repetitive storytelling um, that we see in a lot of other, maybe sitcoms, a lot of sitcoms do that, but um, yeah, so yeah, that's what it reminded me of when you were speaking. Go ahead, I'm so sorry to keep jumping. Yes, no, go ahead, uh, <laughs> give me any examples you got so that people will understand what's going on here. But yeah, that's a good example. I really like that about Atlanta um, is that everything, every episode seems to be very different. It's like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am with it and I'm alone for the ride, okay? okay? Atlanta knows how to take us on a ride and that's all I really care about is being taken back. on a journey. That's why it's called the hero journey because you got to take us on a journey. Period. So... Um, I'll skip that one because it's kind of stupid. The protagonist is a standard issue hero. Ugh, hate that. Yeah. Like, your protagonist, I think we're moving past this whole screenwriting rule that your protagonist has to be likable. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. You don't got to do that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And you be like, you don't got to listen to me, but listen to me when I say this. You don't have to make your protagonist likable anymore. Like, yeah. I think we're past that we have so many really popular shows that the protagonist is kind of a bitch yep. or she be hoeing or she be cheating on her nigga you know what i'm saying look at yes. my <laughs> all refreshing um isa is not likable sometimes yeah and she's still a very great protagonist so yep. we're moving past that idea that your protagonist has to be likable Mm-hmm. That is not true. They don't have to be a standard issue. Everything's great. They're a perfect type of person. We need complexity. We yeah. need layers. We need flaws. 
Um, and that's what, really, in my opinion, really creates a good protagonist is giving us those different um, multifaceted, you know, traits to yep. these, these people. These are real people, and the the more real that you make a protagonist, I think the better. Yep. And that's why a lot of these different shows have taken off in recent years because I think their protagonists, is, the protagonists, whatever the fuck the, the plural version for that is. <laughs> they're they're not they're not super they're not like hell likable and they're not perfect they are flawed right. and that's what people want to see these days yeah. and that's what i need to be giving the girls and gals yeah um so yeah let's not make your protagonist like all perfect knight in shining armor type shit no Boring. make her or him a real bitch or a real nigga and i'm gonna watch it okay just know you're gonna have fewer out of me <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of other people, because I'm thinking yeah. of like, I don't know what made me think of Big Little Lies. Like, all those bitches were unbearable. <laughs> That's but I couldn't even get through it because I hated it so much. But you, yeah, it was a hit, period. The bitches were unbearable, but guess what? I watched all seasons, every single episode. I watched every single one. But those hoes were unbearable, unbearable white women. Yeah. But I watched. So, I think it, that's just the name of the game these days. Like, you don't have to make your protagonist super perfect. Like, give them flaws. Give, make them a real person. And I bet you people will like it. People will relate. And your spec script will be a hit. Mm -hmm. So let's let's do that all 2021, friends. Mm -hmm. So um, eh, the ending is completely anticlimactic. So... Mm -hmm. Mm, this is a good one um yeah I think that goes along with like what I was talking about earlier about having a straight line throughout the thing you have to really throughout the thing throughout your script you have to really give us some peaks and some valleys and I I think I hate that too when when I'm watching something and it's like where was the climax here like it's 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 over and I'm like well damn that's it but right. I didn't feel like I get. I didn't feel like I got anything yeah. from the end. Like, yeah. so you definitely have to have a climax. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe some people write stuff without a climax, but I feel like you should definitely have a climax. Like, yeah. it should never be anticlimactic. The end, where it's like when it's done, people are like, oh, you what? know, like, they should never be like, oh, that's it, because they were waiting for something yeah. exciting or like they were waiting for something to change and nothing ever changed. Yeah. So yeah, let's not do that. I don't yeah. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is the characters are all stereotypes. Boo, boo, girl, boo, girl, bye. <laughs> Whether it's racial stereotypes or just plain character stereotypes. Oh my lord. Let's not do that empty more. Um, y'all know what a stereotype is. I don't gotta go into what a stereotype is. Let's not make black folks what y'all think black folks are. If you are not black and you write black people, don't you motherfucking dare. <laughs> make us into a stereotype. Consult with a black person or at least have some black friends. Woo! Somebody let that you can talk to if you want to try to make some black folks because you're not going to make a stereotypical. Um, and that goes for any race. Um, let's not let's yeah. actually talk to people of that race if you don't have any friends of that race and let's make some real people of the certain races and then even if it's not even about race like 
there's like stereotypical characters all the time. So like there's a clown, always a clown character. Mm-hmm. Like you can make your clown character, like you can have that clown character, but like, let's give them some, some flaws. Let's give them some layers. Let's just give them a secret hidden desire or something yeah. just so it's not a stereotypical, the funny, stupid, right. yada, yada character. So. Yeah. And it's all from casting too. Like, I've seen so many funny, sassy black girlfriends. I've seen it. <laughs> so many. Seen it, done, over it. Tired of seeing the black girl in the background being the fucking sidekick, bitch. The black girl should be leave, okay? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a stereotype too. So if you don't know what certain stereotypes are, look at any movie from fucking the early 2000s <laughs> and you will see all the stereotypes in the bunch and don't do that anymore we are so evolved hopefully from that mm-hmm. um the script goes off the rails in the third act Ooh. <laughs> so yeah i feel like i've I written see. something like that for sure yeah i feel like that has definitely yeah you're preaching to the choir there buddy <laughs> um i feel like that's definitely been me it gets hard when you're in the third act you're like bitch what is going on what am i doing i'm tired <laughs> I am exhausted, okay? <laughs> I do not want to do this anymore. Um, so I can definitely see how people, was, shit was just going haywire in the third act. But you well, gotta finish strong. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna put in a spaceship. Like, what? Right? <laughs> That's because I said so. What? <laughs> we're in a spaceship and we're in fucking rural fucking Mississippi. Like, what? Making me sense. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so, yeah, this is something I think a lot of people go through, especially, and I keep saying, especially if you're writing movies, baby. And that shit is 100 something pages. I can see if your third act is just off the chain crazy. <laughs> because at that point, I'm like, girl, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what my name is anymore. I don't know what's going on. But you have to. <laughs> that's where outline comes into play Come on. to help you stay on track. Mm-hmm. Because it is very hard to stay on track, especially when you get to that third act. Yeah. That last, which is usually the last act. And but you gotta do it. You gotta keep shit together. Mm-hmm. And um, even if you have to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite yeah. to keep yourself on track or to fix when you just went off the rails um just make sure that you get back on derails because yeah you just you gotta wrap it up clean and nice yes um the script's questions are left unanswered hate that ew gross answer the questions that you raise (laughs) gross i hate that they when i'm watching some shit and i'm like well what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> Damn, they answered they they posed all this stuff but none of it got answered at the end i think that's not, not cool <laughs> like, and i see if some people do that because they want to make it a think piece or whatever yeah. but a lot of people don't do think pieces right so if you can't do a think piece if you're not jordan peele then don't leave me with unanswered well. questions Jordan Peele can leave me with unanswered questions because I know he wants me to think about it. He wants me to resonate on it. That's why he ain't answer my question. But see, y'all niggas not Jordan Peele. You can be, but y'all not there yet. So if you write in spec script, you ain't Jordan Peele yet. So um, let's answer the questions that we raise in our scripts. 
Um, and that's where rewriting and editing goes into play because you're able to catch things that you brought up earlier that you maybe didn't answer later. You can either delete it or find a way to insert the answer somewhere in your script later. So that's all part of the rewriting, editing, and all that shit phase. True facts. Um, so these are kind of stupid, don't care about them. The protagonist is not as strong as need be. I don't know what that mm. means. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I think so. Like, basically, like, I do this sometimes, too. So, basically, the side character is stronger than your your main character. And so, people, um, like, if people want to only follow your side character, not your main character, they need to give your character probably, like, more motivation, different, you know, uh, make them multi-dimensional. So, people are, like, like you said, like, they don't always have to be likable. They could be, like, you know, this complicated asshole. And you're, like, oh, okay. Like, I hate you. We're watching you go forth and make awful decisions is entertaining to me so you know <laughs> you know i think i think that's what what they're going with that okay so yeah um if that is you make sure that people will care about your protagonist like you can make them you don't have to make them likable but people at least need to care yeah. about what they're doing they're and doing. they mm-hmm. they can't be a weak bitch i think that's kind of what he's also saying too i hate yeah. oh yes i hate that when i'm watching something and, and the main character is a weak ass yeah. Beach. Like she just yeah. in the crown all the time. No, I don't want to watch that. Like, no. Yeah. How is she gonna grow? What is her arc if she is not yeah. a strong bitch? If she doesn't have something in her that allows her to get through all the obstacles that you're putting in front right. of her? Like, no. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's make your protagonist have some kind of oomph gusto mm-hmm. to get through the shit that you're trying to put her through. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise is a transparent excuse for action. The script has places. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It wants to go and a flimsy reason to go there. So this is for the people who have a premise and they're literally setting it up so that it can, it's, it's just too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're setting, they're setting everything up. They're setting different characters up. They're setting different scenes up because they want their story to easily go a certain place. I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, your characters more struggle, honestly. You can't just yeah. get them to the thing so easily. Like, no, they gotta it's it's a really it's a first of all, that's a one page movie. Um yeah. <laughs> and even shorts are more dynamic than that. But yeah, like you yeah, I get what I yeah, I believe I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I mean it, there needs to be some type of layers to your premise as well, and everything should be laid out so easily. Like he can just sit there and grab the next thing. Okay, grab this next next act. Like you should never be super easy and laid out for everyone. So that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So this next one, ooh, the character backstories are irrelevant or useless. Man, that's a development. That is that character. Yes. So you should, I mean, I do this and I think that everyone should at least try to do this. I write extensive ass backstories about all my characters, but guess what? Not all that will end up in the script. That's just for me. Yeah. That's I need to know my characters because I'm the one that is constructing. I'm the one putting them in the situation so that they can figure out how to get out of it. Exactly. You have to figure out what your character would do and the only re- the way that you would know how your character would act in the situations that you set up for them is to know who they are. And how do you know who they are? Through their backstories. So write out extensive backstories for all of your characters, but just know that all of it does not need to be in the script. The only part of backstory that needs to be in the narrative are the parts that are relevant. 
Um, and I don't even know how to explain what will be relevant. You'll just know as you're writing yeah. your story, you will yeah, yeah, know yeah. what needs to be in there and what needs to not be in there. Absolutely. So I know it's, it's exciting to want to put a little flashback in there showing, you know, a traumatic experience, um, of one of your characters, but if it's not super relevant, then don't put it in there. I mean, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, have the backstories ready though, because you mm-hmm. need to know your characters more than anybody else. Yeah. But just know that all is not gonna make it in there. Yep. So this is ooh, this is one that, and this is the critique I have gotten. The characters are indistinguishable from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Characters should all be different. They should all have their own little teams that separate them. I've gotten this critique because I mostly write scripts with black women. And I've gotten the critique that all my characters seem to sound the same. Um, because and I have l- looked over them like, okay, well, they all kind of using the same slang. We bled, but um I could find a way to differentiate because not all black women are the same, but differentiate them as different people so this is super important all of your characters have to have something that makes them different different speech patterns it's usually in the dialogue um that you differentiate differentiate your characters so figure out a way to do it i mean you should be able to um you should be able to so they talk the talk walk the same form the same actions character names could be swapped and not a single line of dialogue would seem out of character. I don't know what that means. But basically, like, you oh, should yeah. be so able the, the voice, they sound the same, basically. Oh, it's okay. So like, you don't want them to sound the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you should be able to tell who a character is by looking at a piece of dialogue. You'd be like, oh, Billy Bob said it. Or, what about Billy Bob? Or, you know, um, Tyrone said it. You know what I'm saying? So, um yeah make your characters different and that usually plays out in dialogue it doesn't always have to be but that goes into character work as well which is what you do before you start writing friends so that goes into all the stuff that you do and all your characters should be different because everyone is different so in life um the drama conflict is told but not shown Mm. this is a good one because a lot of people are love putting exposition because they don't know how to they don't know how to put a piece they don't know how to work a piece of backstory in there um without it being talked about um and this is a good thing um highlighting exposition so if there's some type of drama conflict we don't want to hear the characters talking about it we want to see it happen so that happens in your action so you should be able to to show us that some shit going down through action through expressions through a character doing something to somebody else or character doing something by themselves like show us the conflict don't just have people talking about it because that's boring like we want to see we want to see we want to see and it's also just it also comes across as lazy when you are just having your characters talk about the the drama or the conflict that's lazy show us show us that you can write and show us that you can put in here so we can just read the action and be like oh damn so that's about to go okay <laughs> i was too the fuck in but don't just have your characters talking about it. that's boring mm-hmm. so the dialogue is stilted and unnecessarily verbose it hurts the flow plot points are buried under verbiage 
So just just cut it out. <laughs> just I'm I am I am uh, I am very much like that. I remember I, I even shared something with the writers group we first, and it was like mad description. Y'all were like, "This is beautiful. You should cut at least twenty percent of this shit out." And I was like, "Those words, though." And then I reread it. I was like, "Yeah, they right. Oh my god, <laughs> so many unnecessary words." Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So uh, you should mostly see white page, white page, white page. When you are reading a script, your final cut should always be mostly white page. So that's cutting, 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 cutting. Um, especially with dialogue. I know myself, I love dialogue. I bet you get carried the fuck away. So I have to do a lot of this too. And dialogue is not easy to write. It's, yeah. it's like, Dialogue should sound like real speech, but also not. It's not real yeah. speech, not real life. Yeah. So you have to really kind of study dialogue and understand the best way to study real dialogue so it's not stilted or doing too much is yeah. by studying the other people's conversations. So like, going to have to get out there and talk to people, folks. Like, yeah. um, I, And I if it's going to be that long, you have to justify. Like, it has to be purposeful. Yeah. It can't just be like beautiful, you know. Random monologue. Right. It's just like, what? But... Yeah, unless you're writing plays, go for yeah. it. Yeah, if you're not writing a play, bitch. I don't want to see it. So, and nobody else want to see it either. So, mm-hmm. make sure that you're reading other scripts, looking at other dialogues. Make sure that you're listening to other people, having conversations with people, and you're taking notes of how people talk in real life, so that you can apply some of that to your dialogue. Making sure that's not wooden or it's not just unnecessarily too much, because like people don't do that shit in real life. Yep. A bitch does not break out in a monologue in real life. I mean, I do because I'm dramatic, but <laughs> the average bitch does not do that. So let's just be mindful of how real dialogue works and realize that um, TV and uh, film dialogue is it is like real life, but a little bit heightened, but not too heightened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not too heightened, like you're doing the most, or it's just real, not real. <laughs> yeah. How else to say it? So it's it's like real, but also a little bit fake. Mm-hmm. But as you start to read more scripts and as you start to just just take the advice that we give you, it, it will start to make sense mm-hmm. once you get into writing. So um the message overshadows the story. So this is the last one. And if you are writing something that has a clear theme, so you're writing something about like social injustice or you're writing something, let's say you're writing something that's talking about like fucking eco stuff, you know, like you bitches should recycle. You're writing a story about how bitches should be recycling. I don't know. You're writing a story that has a theme. You're trying to say something. Yeah. The theme should never overshadow the story. Yeah. I get it. You want you want to get your point across. You want to speak to the gals. I love it. Teach me some shit, okay? School me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is a TV show or movie, and it still has to have a story and a plot, and your theme should never overshadow that. It should be weaved in perfectly in a cute nice flowy bow okay so make sure that you figure out ways to not make it super preachy because when you start to get preachy you start to lose people and you don't want to lose people that's the whole point is you're trying to raise awareness to whatever it is that you're trying to talk about and you can't raise awareness if you're losing the, if you're losing the people so mm-hmm. make sure that you're 
theme or message is not overshadowing the story that you are telling um, because both are equally important and both should be worked in um, in a way that flows together nicely. So that wasn't all 38 of them, but that was the ones that spoke to my soul. Yeah. The ones that I know I could talk about. So yes, guys, um, make sure that you will we'll put the we'll put the link actually to this article and this infographic because they put it in a nice little infographic for yeah. you. Yeah. Like me, you like to look at visuals mm-hmm. um, in the description so that you can um, look at it later. But it's super helpful yes. because just know that if you are starting out, you're not getting paid for your script set. All your scripts are spec scripts. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to know how to write a spec script and you need to know what you shouldn't be doing in your spec scripts. So that's why this is a super important article. And it's obviously not a comprehensive article. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that they see in spec scripts, but this was just what they saw in the 300 sample size situation that they looked at. These are all still still good, still good pieces of advice. And I would definitely listen to these people. Okay. Well done. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Agreed. I'm going to be, this is going to be, I'm going to make it a favorite (laughs) right here. Open that every time I write like what not to do. Cause I know I'm going to write it right now. I'm fitting to make some stereotype once again. (laughs) So, uh, right. So yeah, no, that is super helpful guys really take advantage of this resource. Um, and yeah, it never gets too old. Even if you're an experienced writer or if you're just brand new, it's helpful to always be recapping, rethinking some getting out of your head. Cause sometimes, you know, we just get in a rhythm of things, you get in the flow of things and it gets repetitive and it's like, girl, you, it's the same joke again, sis. Like we gotta, you just did that. <laughs> I know you tired, girl, but whoo, come on, you know? So yeah, that was great. Thank you so much, Corey, for that. We're going to get into our niggas you should know. Um, This time, hold on one second. Okay, yes. So our niggas you should know. I was uh, unfortunately messing up her name earlier, but she is a queen. <laughs> Um, I would even say, dare I say, a god, like truly yes. um, magical. Yes. But Noma Dumezwani. Um, beautiful name! I, such a beautiful name. Um, she's a British actress, um, and she's been in the game for a long time. She's um, done a lot of theater, a lot of overseas um, in um England. Um, In 2006, she won the Olivier Award for her role in A Raisin in the Sun. Um, She starred as Hermione Granger in the original West End and Broadway runs of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And if you guys don't remember this, first of all, she garnered a second Laurence Olivier Award and a Tony Award nomination. So, she is, dec- I mean, awards on awards. Like, she's been here. She knows what? her craft. She knows what she's doing. Also, when this was happening, when she was starred as Hermione um, in December 2015, I don't know if you guys remember, it brought a lot of controversy because everybody was like, Hermione cannot be Black. Once again. Why the fuck she can't? Because in the book, it said her hair was curly and thick. Exactly. And then J.K. Rowling, even though she is canceled now, she did to her what so she's uh, she's transphobic. She's had a lot of like trans- um, um, 
what's the word? Trans comments publicly, double down on it. I was like, sis, don't do this, don't do this. But she did. But at least back then, um, when the internet was like, a black Hermione, how dare you? JK was like, hey girls, um, I never, in the book, I never said that Hermione was white. I never said that. <laughs> it's like, so Hermione can be played by anyone. Anybody. And it was yeah, played by one person. <laughs> and it was played by one of the best actresses, period. <laughs> um, and she's, she's no joke. Um, yeah. So yeah. And she, again, as I was raving earlier, she played Haley Fitzgerald in The Undoing in the HBO miniseries alongside Nicole Kidman. When I tell you she killed it, like she had a monologue. I, child, she had a monologue in there. I swear to God, my hand was on my heart the whole time. But like it was going back into my chest. I was like, please, this woman right here, <laughs> she deserves all the motherfucking awards on you hoes. Also, if she ever decides to be a lawyer, I am going to hire her just because she played one on TV, period. Like, be like, she don't get the courtroom fuck all y'all up. So she is amazing. Again, her name, Noma. Dumaswani, um, please, please, like, support sis and everything that she does. She's getting all her awards. She's killing the game out here. And she's definitely, even though she's been in the industry for a while, she is clearly, I think, got next. And for the very fact that we had the news that she's going to be joining the Little Mermaid live, and they don't even, they made up a character for her. They were like, who we going to uh, Sunday, yeah, she gonna be a, a lobster friend. Like, I'm like, wait a minute now. So they just were like, she's that good that they're just going to create another character that wasn't even in the main story. They were like, nope, we just have to have her in here. And she would kill every role. She could be a talking seaweed and that shit did steal the whole motherfucking um, show. And I'm be like, really? The seaweed? Do y'all see that seaweed? That seaweed fucked it up. So yeah. So uh, again, and her beautiful name was born in Swaziland to South African parents. Um, and she lived in Botswana, Kenya, and Uganda. So that's where that beautiful, beautiful name come from. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. I used to watch The Undoing. I'm oh. late. The gals have been, well, not all the gals. It's one of those things where it's like, if you know TV, then you like it. So Girl. certain gals don't tell me to watch it. Um, but I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. You get another HBO Max free trial, and then I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I refuse to pay for that shit. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So mine is my motherfucking fave. I always pronounce his name wrong. Let me see if I can get a, a pronunciation. She Wetzel Ejiofor. Okay. I stand him. He's great. Adore him. All the teens. He's a British Nigerian actor and filmmaker. You have seen him. Oh yeah. You've seen him. I mean, I don't even I don't even need to I will list the things he's been in, but you've seen him. Um so at age 19, three months into his, he was attending the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Oh. At age 19, three months into his course, he was cast by Steven Spielberg. Well, to play a supporting role in the film Amistad well. as James Covey. I didn't even know that he was an Amistad. Right. Didn't know that he mm. was rocking even back then. Truly. Um, and that was hard. I was like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. so lit. Um, so he was in Dirty Ooh. Pretty Things. He was in Kinky Boots. He was in Four Brothers, which I love that movie. Yeah, really good. Love 
for brothers. Yeah. He was in um, Serenity. Uh, he was in 2012, that movie 2012, John Cusack. He played the main character in 12 Years a Slave, which I fucking hated that movie. Didn't watch it because it's um, drama, but yes, very good. Yes, Lupita. That's the movie that made Lupita a star. Yep. She played Slave. Um, he was in The Martian, which was actually a really great movie. Okay. He was in Doctor Strange, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which that movie was. Is this the movie I'm thinking of? Yes, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Oh my God, watch it. It's on Netflix. Amazing oh, wow. movie. Okay. Um, so I'm going to exit out of his Wikipedia channel. He got too many Wikipedia. <laughs> I got confused. Whew. He was also in Sherlock Gnomes. What the fuck is that? Is that? No, but I'm sure he killed it. Okay, it's a animated movie um, with the gnomes playing Sherlock Holmes. Cute. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Multi-faceted, <laughs> sir. Um, I want to be in that pitch meeting because I just bust out loud. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Also voiced Scar in the remake, 2019 remake of Lion King with no facial expressions <laughs> because it was real animals. Okay. And he was also in um, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which is a sequel to the first Maleficent. Mm-hmm. He got, obviously, he got Academy Award and Golden Globe nominations for his 12 Years a Slave because they could only give niggas those <laughs> nominations mm-hmm. if they play a slave or some type of thug. We or mythical creatures now, but I'll tell you one thing. We be some slaves. We will give you a nomination if you play a motherfucking slave and you make us sad. Um <laughs> ooh, and make us feel better about ourselves because we're not in slavery anymore. Um, looking at you. Yes, so he has he's I mean, that's just a rundown of yeah. the team. But he's been in so much. He was recently in this movie that I watched on Netflix, The Old Guard. So the oh yeah, yeah. Um, Gina Prince Bythewood flick. That oh, one, that I was one. mixing up with somebody. Yes, that yes. starred Charlie Theron. I think we did. We review. Yeah, we reviewed we it. Did. We reviewed yeah, it. Um, he was yeah. in that, mm-hmm. and he just being all the things. I mean, let me go through his filmography because I love all the people's filmography. He was in uh, Twelve Slave. I already said that. The Secret in Their Eyes. I watched that. That was with Julia Roberts and um, Nicole Kidman, which that bitch be working. Damn. Um, All the TV jobs. I'm like, okay, how many shows you got, Nicole? Right? Dang. <laughs> Can you give something to other girls? Please. <laughs> you got um, Texas. <laughs> she was American Gangster. Oh, yes, that's right. That shit. That. Okay, with Denzel. You Great did. movie. He, yeah, so he's been in all the things. Mm-hmm. You've definitely seen him, but I just want to shout him out because I feel like people don't be talking about him enough. Yeah. Maybe they do, and I don't care, but y'all better talk about my dog. Mm-hmm. My dog be in the things. He's so talented, so handsome, and he be doing the damn thing. So, Chiwetto EGL4, okay? I stand always. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. Super dope. Shout out to him. Super dope. Super, super, super dope. Well, that's that's it for the first episode of the year 2021 Woo! of Pistol Town Tea. Um, you know, continue um, to, to rock with us. You know, like, subscribe, share, um, follow us on Instagram at Tinseltown Tea. Follow us 
at um, Facebook on Central Town Tea. Make sure to, uh, we're all about feedback. So hit us up, like tell us what you think. Um, yeah, and we're gonna be working on some new things throughout the year. Um, hopefully making these resolutions come true, child. These intentions along with y'all, uh, continuing our writing. So yeah, we just hope um, everyone stay safe. Everyone stay safe. Um, yes. And, you know, stay, stay healthy, please. So you can continue to write your stuff. And uh, yeah, sending all love and good vibes to everybody out there. And I hope all of our writing projects get done. We just do them like Corey uh, told us to do. Get that entrepreneurial spirit. Get that shit done. And uh, yeah, anything else? Maybe I forgot something. No, that is about it. I mean, it's the first episode. We're just getting warmed up, getting back into the swing of things. But we're going hard this year as usual. I mean, y'all rocked with us heavy in 2020. Y'all gonna rock with us even heavier in 2021. So just get ready. We don't play those games as usual. And thank you though for the support. And let's make this year a very productive and good year. Yeah. Like, if anything shall happen, we still gonna try to make it as best as we can make it, so. And that's on period. <laughs> and that's on period point blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Judah said, do all the things that she said, and we will see y'all next episode, yeah. Alright, bye y'all. Bye.